0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 29, we're going to finish up Genesis, Genesis chapter 29 and move on into Genesis chapter 30. We won't finish chapter 30 today. Um... As we've been looking at the life of Jacob, one thing is very clear. Jacob was a sinner like us. Jacob uh, tricked his brother, tricked his father, um, ran off, and then he got tricked by his future father-in-law. Uh, he uh, was is now involved in a polygamous relationship and um, he uh, continues uh, to. Everything just is just blown up and it is not working according to the way it should. And yet, God met Jacob on his way to Padanaran. God met Jacob. And he promised that he was going to bless Jacob with the blessing of Abraham, that he would have land, seed, and blessing. And what we look at today is the seed part of this blessing of Abraham. Uh, In spite of Jacob's own deceitfulness, in spite of his own wickedness, um, God blesses him not because he was good, but because God is faithful. Because God is faithful to His promise, He blesses um, Jacob with many children. Let's go ahead and read our text beginning in verse 31 of chapter 29. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, He opened her womb. But Rachel was barren, and Leah conceived and bore a son and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And again she conceived and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will be attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son, and said, This time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah. Then she ceased bearing. When Rachel saw that she that she bore Jacob no children she envied her sister she said to Jacob give me children or i shall die jacob's answer was kindled anger was kindled against rachel and he said am i in the place of god who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb then she said here is my servant bilhah go into her that she may give birth on my behalf and that even I may have children through her. So she gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife. And Jacob went in to her, and Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged me and has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore she called his name Dan. Rachel's servant, Bilhah, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister and have prevailed. So she called his name Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had ceased bearing children, she took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Then Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a son, and Leah said, Good fortune has come. So she called his name Gad. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son, and Leah said, Happy I am or, happy am I, for women have called me happy. So she called his name Asher. In the days of of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. For she said to her, Is it a small matter that you have... Because, But she said to her, Is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? Rachel said... Then he may lie with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. Then Jacob came from the field in the evening. Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come into me, for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night, and God listened to Leah. And she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has given me my wages because I, have, uh, I gave my servant to my husband. So she called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again, and she bore Jacob a sixth son. Then uh, Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will honor me because I have borne him six sons. So she called his name Zebulun. Afterwards, she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. May it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to obey. Father, help us when we have hopelessly lost our way. Come and find us and bring us home. Father, we love you. Give, us, give me strength and grace as I preach your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. We're coming off of uh, what we had just ended with last time. Last time we looked at how um, Jacob, prom- he, he fell in love at first sight with Rachel, and uh, he wanted to marry her, and, ja- and she, so he worked seven years so that he could marry Rachel. But Laban did the old switcheroo, and in the morning it was Leda. Leah. So Jacob worked another 7 years and he got Leah or Rachel too. And it tells us at the very end of yet last week's text it says so Jacob went into Rachel also and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another 7 years. I think uh, this shows us that from just like from Genesis chapter 2 when Uh, Adam and Eve were created and put together in the garden that uh, marriage by God's design from the very beginning was supposed to be one man and one woman committed together. And um, what we see here when that is distorted like it is here in the relationship where he has married these two sisters, inevitably there is going to be conflict there is going to be conflict. You have Jacob favoring one wife over the other. And just imagine how hurtful that could be. Two sisters. Two sisters. I mean, I've got two daughters who are, who are very, very close. They love each other. They are best friends. Imagine if they had to share a husband. I mean, that, that would be That would be horrible. And imagine if one of the one of them was loved more than the other. I mean, that would just it would be heartbreaking. And that is the situation that Leah and Rachel find themselves in. And poor Leah. I and mean, we don't know that she had anything to do with this. She was going along with what her father's plan was. She's being manipulated and used by both her husband and her father. And she finds her place in this situation. And verse 31 tells us, and when the Lord saw that Leah was hated. I mean, this is not good. Leah, she was hated, it tells us here in this text. He Jacob must have felt bitterness over the fact that he was stuck with her. And she was hated. But the Lord saw her. The Lord saw her and he opened her womb. But it tells us, but Rachel was buried. Leah had Jacob's, well, Rachel had Jacob's favor, but Leah had God's favor. She, she I, I think here is maybe to be seen as a victim in this situation, at least in the beginning. She, uh, she didn't do anything wrong. She's found herself here in this position. She's hated by her husband, and the Lord has blessed her. Maybe you're in some kind of a situation, not like this, not like this, but in some kind of a situation where you're getting the raw end of the stick. God sees you. God sees you where you are. And He hears your prayers. Verse 32. And Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now... My husband will love me. Notice here, verse 31 starts with, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated. And what does she say when the son is born? She names him Reuben, for she said, because the Lord looked upon my affliction. The Lord saw her in her affliction and He looked upon her. And the name Reuben, looks; the the word appears to be, look, a son. She's reflecting on what God has done for her. He has seen her in the midst of her trouble and given her a son. But... What does she say there at the end? This is sad. She thinks maybe that because God has given her a child, maybe now, maybe now her husband will love her. But she is still not satisfied. She's still not getting that love that she deserves. So. Verse 33, she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Here, she says, The Lord has heard. And so what does that imply? She has been praying. If the Lord has heard, that means she's been praying. And in the midst of her affliction, in the midst of our affliction, what should we do? Pray. We pray. And the Lord heard her. And when we are in our affliction and we pray, the Lord hears us. The Lord heard her. And she, He gave her a son. And she gives credit to the Lord. She says, the Lord has heard her in the midst of her affliction. She names him Simeon. Simeon, uh, it sounds like the words in Hebrew for heard in my affliction. Um, Shema is the word for um, to hear. And oni, which would be there at the end, was my affliction. So Simeon, putting that together, Simeon uh, is heard in my affliction. She says, well, she calls his name Simeon and she conceives again and bears another son and she says, this time my husband will be attached to me. This time my husband will be attached to me. And so she names him Levi. Well, the word Levi has... This uh, it, it, it looks like the word that means to attach. So she's, she's naming these children all after how she feels. Um, the Lord has seen her. The Lord has heard her in her affliction. She, he, uh, that maybe this time she'll be attached to her husband. And then she conceived again and bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she ceased bearing. Judah, again, is built off of the word there for praise. Uh, She names him praise because she says, this time I will praise the Lord. And I think there's something we should notice here. Her hopes up until this time had been maybe after this child, maybe after this son, maybe because I've had three sons, my my husband will love me. And in the third time, she says, God is enough. This time, I'm not hoping in my husband. This time, I will praise the Lord. I may be in affliction. I may be suffering. But in the midst of my affliction, I will praise Him. Is what she says. And so she ceased bearing after four children at this point. Now, When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. What should Rachel do if she believes in the Lord? If she trusts in the promise that God made to her husband, she should say, God is keeping his promise. God has blessed my husband. But no, because of the sinful uh, situation that they're in, because of the jealousy that is creeping in, and because Rachel does not appear to be putting her hope in the Lord, instead, she is jealous of her sister. She envies her. And so she said to Jacob, Give me children or I shall die. And the idea there is barrenness means the end of the line she doesn't she, she feels if she doesn't have any children of her own then her family line will end with her she yes she has a sister but but she's not going to have any descendants to continue on her particular line so she says give me children or I shall die and Jacob answers well first he's Angry. Here it is, the wife the that he loves, the wife that he favors, and because of her jealousy, she, he becomes angry with her. We can see how this, this uh, whole situation has just brought about a twisted dynamic within the family. She is, he's become angry with her, and he says, he says something that's right. Am I in the place of God? who has withheld from you the fruit of your womb? Jacob at least recognizes who is in charge here. God is the one who has closed her womb. Jacob can't do anything about it. We come to the next verse. She said, now she decides to uh, take matters into her own hands. And we've seen this before. When Sarah was barren, and she was unable to have a child, and they were getting up in years, and Sarah decided, take my maidservant, Hagar. We see Rachel following after the same pattern of Sarah when she was faithless. She says, here's my servant Bilhah. Go into her that she may give birth on my behalf, that even I may have children through her. So she gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife. This is Jacob. Went into her and Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son and Rachel, she, this, this may be biologically from Bilhah, but this is Rachel's servant, so she's counting it as her own. And Rachel says, God has judged me and has heard my voice and given me a son. So she calls his name Dan. This may be a case of irony here. As Rachel says this with her words, God has judged me. She probably is thinking, God has judged my case and He's had compassion on me, so He's given me a child. But as we, the readers, uh, look at it in Holy Scripture and as Moses wrote this down, there's, there must be an irony here because yes, God has judged her for the sin that she is involved in here. Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived... So the word Dan, of course, means to judge, just the same as what we've been kind of going along. And Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. And then Rachel said, With mighty wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister and have prevailed. So she named him Naphtali. She hasn't actually had any biological children yet. These are both through her... um, her servant girl, and Naphtali means wrestler. I've wrestled. She's been contending. She's been wrestling with her sister, trying to uh, battle with her, to, to try to be the one in first priority. Leah wants what Rachel has in this. Leah wants the love of her husband. And Rachel has this. And Rachel Rachel wants what Leah has. She has the love of her husband, but what she wants is children. and She's wrestled with her sister for it. Then Leah saw that she had ceased bearing children. She probably saw what her sister Rachel had already done with Bilhah. And so she took her servant Zilpah and she does the same thing. Both of them doing the very same thing that Sarah had done before with Hagar. So Zilpah conceives and a son is born and she names him Gad, which means good fortune. You might call Gad lucky. Might give somebody a nickname, Lucky. This is what Gad was called. Leah's servant, Bill Zilpah, bore Jacob a second son, and Leah said, "Happy am I, for women have called me happy." So she called his name Asher. And if you think of uh, Psalm one, how blessed is the man? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but you know you know the psalm. It, it, uh, blessed is the man who does not walk in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of scoffers, nor uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I've memorized it in the past. So I can't think of it right now. But um, how that psalm starts out, how blessed it is. Well, this is the same word, Asher. Asher. And it's probably also the same that Jesus was starting out in the Sermon of the Mount, Sermon on the Mount, with the Beatitudes. How blessed! Uh, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are all of those. This is what Asher's name means. Verse fourteen. We have a little break in the narrative here. We have children being born, children being born, children being born, but there's a cessation of the children being born. We have this this little intrusion here in the narrative where something else happens. In the days when the wheat harvest, Reuben, that's the firstborn from Leah, he went out and found mandrakes. Now what are mandrakes? Um, I had to do a little bit of research on this just to know for myself. I, I'd heard before, but I, I wanted to kind of be clear on it myself. It's a, It's a plant that is kind of in the potato family or the tomato family, Uh, it has a fruit that's above ground. Uh, The Arabs call this fruit uh, the devil's apple. Um, uh, It's kind of got a plum texture above ground. Underneath the ground, though, the root system uh, comes in a kind of a forked sense, and it looks like that of a human body with arms sticking out and legs sticking out. That's the root system. And so in the ancient culture, whenever they would dig these up, uh, they would see the root system and they thought this... Well, it, it also had kind of a a, 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 a a smell to it that was um, pleasing in the smell. And so they, they thought of mandrakes as a kind of a, uh, something to increase fertility. They saw it associated with fertility. And so um, when um, Reuben brings these to his mother... And Rachel sees what she has; these mandrakes. She's barren. She's unable to have children, and she thinks, "Well, if I can get these mandrakes, then maybe I can have a child." She she sees these and thinks, "You know, I'm going to take measures into my own hands. I'm going to use this fertility drug and be able to have a child." And so she asks these for these, and um, Leah answers. You've taken my husband. Leah was married to Jacob first, yet Rachel had his affections. You've taken my husband. Will you also take my son's mandrakes? Is her answer. So they make a deal. They strike a bargain. Rachel can have the mandrakes if Jacob will spend the night with Leah. Leah. We don't know exactly uh, why he wouldn't have been able to do that anyway. Um, there's something that the text is not telling us, but for some reason they strike a deal. Uh, if, uh, if Rachel takes the mandrakes, he's able, uh, she's able to have her husband for the night. And uh, what happens is Leah... She's blessed in being able to conceive, and the mandrakes don't do any good at all. They don't help her. She still doesn't have a child because of the mandrakes. So, Leah, and think also about what this says about how they're treating Jacob. What do we normally call it whenever we have a financial deal in order to gain intimate time with someone? Prostitution. They're treating Jacob like a prostitute. They're selling him. Um, And so Leah conceived and she bore a son and she called his name Issachar. Uh, Issachar sounds like the word for wages. Uh, Just think of growing up with that name knowing how the history of how he came about. His own name would be a reminder of the fact that his of this conflict between his mother and her sister. And then Leah conceived again. She bore Jacob a sixth son. And Leah said, God has endowed me with a, an, a good endowment. So she names her son a word that means endowment. It means it's Zebulun. And then it tells us afterwards she also bore a daughter. So she's given him six sons and a daughter. And what we see here in Leah and in Zilpah and in Bilha, all of all of these is the multiplication of Jacob's family. These are sinful circumstances. God, God, though, uses even our sinful choices to bring about His purposes. Think of Joseph as uh, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, and when his brothers finally come and meet him at the end of the story, they're afraid, and and Joseph tells them, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And what these people meant for evil, what their sinful choices did, God had a plan all along. And what we have here is all but two, so far as what we've been reading, all all but two of the patriarchs, the tribes of Israel, have been born. God has kept His promise. God uh, promised Jacob in earlier chapters that he would have... Children as many as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And as we look at this passage, in spite of their sin, God is giving Jacob exactly what He was promised. We know that the rest of the narrative of the book of Genesis is their way on down to Egypt. Moses writes this as they're coming out of Egypt. By the time they come out of Egypt, they are a nation. Then, verse twenty-two. God remembered Rachel. After all this time, Rachel's been barren. We can kind of think of Sarah, who was barren for all those years, and then finally a son. We can kind of think of 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 Rebecca who was barren for 20 years before the two twins were born. And here Rachel, she had been barren all this time, unable to have a child of her own, and God remembered Rachel. When you are longing, when you have waited and waited and waited on God in the midst of your affliction, there will come a time when God remembers you and He sees you and he hears you crying out in your in prayer. The Lord remembered Rachel. God listened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bore a son and said, "God has taken away my reproach." And she called his name Joseph, saying, "May the Lord add to me another son." God has been kind to her already. He remembered her. He gave her a son, Joseph. And we know how important Joseph is. Joseph is used by God to to, um, uh, save them and save Egypt, basically save the world because of the famine that comes down to Egypt at the time. God uses Joseph for this, but when Joseph is born, it's not enough. She says, Lord, give me another one. I want another. How ungrateful she's been. She names him Joseph, which uh, she says, may the Lord uh, add to me another son. Um, and the name Joseph means to add. So she wants uh, another son. So let's think about this whole text as we come to a close. We see the, we've seen this all throughout the Joseph narrative, not Joseph, Jacob narrative. We've seen this all throughout. Joseph has been a sinner. Jacob, uh, not Jacob, I'm you know, mixing up my names. Jacob has been a sinner. Laban was a sinner. Je- Leah and Rachel have both made sinful choices, but God continues to bless. God loves sinners no matter how far we've run, no matter how far someone that we meet seems to be from God. God loves sinners so much that He sent His Son. And this is what this is all about. The fourth child of Leah. The unloved wife. The unloved wife. The one that... Uh, God heard from the very beginning. He saw her and He heard her and He gave her Judah who was to be that son who would start the tribe of Judah in which David would come and eventually Jesus would come. In the midst of all this, God was orchestrating the salvation of the world so that we in our sin can have a way to be saved. So that we in our sin can have a way to be forgiven. So that God will hear our prayer and He will see us in the midst of our affliction. He sent Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, sinless in every way, not like His father Jacob or Judah the sinless, spotless Lamb of God who went to the cross and who died in our place. This shows us the power of God, the love of God, the promises He keeps, and His faithfulness in spite of our failures. He is worthy of our praise and honor and He is worthy of our trust. We are to look to Him. Look to God in our afflictions. Look to Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.